Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. State football playoffs, state soccer champions, and a whole bunch of NFL stuff, plus an epiphany, which might not be, but it was for me today about the NFC. Hi, boys and girls. How are you? It is to tell anyone is one ESPN radio, SWX Montana television across the 406. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you are well. Hope you had an outstanding Halloween holiday-ish weekend and uh, are back with us here on a Monday. We appreciate that. We are happy to be rolling along with you. If you would like to get involved, we would be happy to have you here. 361-3688 is the phone number, area code 406. Perhaps you've heard of it. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that phone line you want to get in uh with the uh you know with the written word you can do that on that phone line as well 361-3688 all guests join us via the range brothers rv phone line did i say that i've said it again because it's that important we also are happy to have you live on the world wide web 1029espn.com you jump in the stream there all the time thanks to opportunity bank of montana opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity in the show today we're going to spend quite a bit of time here in the class double uh, a and a football playoffs well, all the football playoffs as well as the state soccer champions class a coming to uh, uh, uh the season coming to an end over this weekend so we'll tell you what happened there what took place who were the winners who were the losers matchups going forward into what will now be the class a semi-final this next weekend and the quarterfinal for class double a uh, so we'll get you caught up on all of that as well as Coulter's treasure state stars who had the big performances over this very important first weekend of the playoffs next hour we'll get into some nfl stuff the seahawks look like the real deal they absolutely dominated san francisco the green bay packers look like a bunch of pretenders if you can't stop 
anybody running the football. Now, Dalvin Cook ain't just anybody. He is great, but, I mean, that's just unacceptable there. How about the Broncos on a major comeback, an upset comeback over San, uh, San Diego? Oh, San Diego, right? That's They're still doing it. The Los Angeles Chargers, sure, okay, that's fine. And the Steelers stay perfect. So plenty to get to in the NFL. Again, an epiphany for you about the NFC and uh, particularly how bad the NFC East is. And the Browns, nah. No, we're not going to do this with the Browns. Are we going to do it with Tua, though? Wins the football game through for, like, what, less than 100 yards in his first outing? Man, play number two of your life. Hello, Aaron Donald. What a welcome to the NFL moment that's got to be. As a man, I just don't want to hug from. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, uh, what do you say, it's all uphill from there? I don't know. I would say it's all downhill. Regardless of whatever's the easier. Yeah. I guess going downhill. Down, but, but you're not, downhill seems worse. Yeah. yeah, the saying is it's all downhill from here. Like you're, it's all downhill to die. No, it's all downhill means it's all going to get better and easier. That's not how the phrase. Yes, is used. that is how the. It's phrase. all downhill from here. Like in other words, I just turned forty. It's all downhill from here. It's only going to get worse. No, 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 no. It's only going to get better. Hmm. Uh, in any case. I'll trust you. You're the one that's 40. It has nothing to do with trusting me. It has to do with our absolute dichotomy here, my continuous optimism, and you wrapped in your conspiracies. Here we go, Coulter, on a Monday. Class A uh, and Double uh, A championship football playoffs across the state. This weekend, the opening round, four teams on a bye at the Double A level and uh, eight teams in action in, well, I guess you can call it the first round, a uh, 12-team playoff at the Double A level. And the there were two big blowouts, one pretty deciding, decisive game and one really good game over this past weekend at the Double A level. Glacier just... Uh, putting it on the Big Sky Eagles, sixty-three to nothing up in Kalispell. Uh, they this was a game that was a game the first time in around. I think it was week two or three of the season these two teams played, and it was a, a relatively competitive football game. And clearly, Glacier came out and uh, had a statement to make, and they made it emphatically, winning sixty-three to nothing over Big Sky. Bozeman also handling their business against CMR. Uh, Bozeman. You know, expected to be one of the best teams in the state. They're defending state champions, obviously. And uh, Kenneth Iden being out initially in the season, coming back has obviously given this team a big, big boost. Montana State commit Kenneth Iden, who uh, plays both directions, tight end and defensive end, and wreaking all kinds of havoc both sides of the ball. 61-14 the win for the Hawks over CMR. Great Falls did beat Skyview 28-0. Obviously, Skyview not scoring is not great, but a 28-0 game, you know, and eh, you're getting a little more respectable there. And then the game of the weekend, Helena Capital at Butte. We thought that this would be a good game. It was a good game, low-scoring game. Butte started the way, finished the season the way they started this game, losing in a close defensive battle. I mean, Butte had a couple of games that were really low-scoring games early in the season that they couldn't quite get over the hump on. They lose this one 14-7 uh, at home in, at Naranchi Stadium to uh, to uh, Helena Capital. So there you go. Again, Glacier, Bozeman, Great Falls High, and Helena Capital all moving on to teams who were on buys awaiting them in the second round now the quarterfinals. Culture, your number one or number one and two takeaways uh, from this double-A weekend of, uh, of playoffs action well I, I thought that the teams that we consider still to have legitimate shots at state championships i thought there was two teams that played this weekend that could make a run at the double a you know anything could happen yeah there's no we can't completely and utterly predict the future it's it's high school we sports. can't but we i do. think that it would be a, a, a drastic long shot if say helena capital made a run all the way to the sure, state championship of course i do think bozeman and glacier because of the premier players that they have on their roster, they could make a run. If they got to the Final Four or even the state championship game or won the state championship, it wouldn't be that big of a shock. Particularly Bozeman's case, they have a variety of Division One players, led by Kenneth Iden, one of the best re- uh, recruits in the state. But then also you know, Luke Fedick is committed to Montana State. He committed there last week. they got the Lang Twins, who are both probably preferred walk-on type guys at the Big Sky level. But they you know, they both have offered partial scholarship offers from Montana, and I assume that they're going to get some from Montana State mm-hmm. as well. So uh, I thought that, you know, sportsmanship is a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in the regular season, you get a running clock and you're playing some of your backups, you're cultivating some depth. But I thought both Levi Weshey, head coach at Bozeman, and, and Grady Bennett, head coach at Glacier, 
pedal the metal until the fourth quarter because you want to have as much momentum as you possibly can. And I think that's why you saw these drastically lopsided scores. I mean, I can't, I, I keep saying it. I don't want to sound like an old guy, but it's, it's just crazy. The scores that are being put up in Montana this year. I, I know it's a tired joke, but guys like Jack Johnson from great Falls Seymour, he just would not believe that there was multiple games in a weekend where there was 60 points scored in an 11 man double a football game. That was never a thing. If you were scoring in the 30s in Double A for decades and decades and decades and decades, you were lighting it up. 60 well, is amazing. I mean, that's just football, isn't it? I mean, that is it, what it, has it is. happened. It is, but I also think that there's a lot of different things going on. I think that there's, uh, I think that the proliferation of offenses and and just how efficient offenses can operate, even at small school, high school levels in Montana, is a real thing. I think that quarterbacks have a much accelerated development because they can start running the spread style concepts that they're going to be running in high school when they're in middle school. That wasn't a thing when we were growing up. We were running the wing T. You had you had multiple. You weren't even playing the right positions when but you were playing youth football it, in Missoula. Again, I think to me. Uh, that when I played football at high school, I played one year of high school football. Okay, my senior year, so I'm not yeah. sitting here with a ton of of you know anything to to pull off of. But even at that time, it just seemed to me, um, so so. I don't know if antiquated was the word. I don't. I couldn't put my thumb on it. Yeah. But what I didn't understand is, you know, what? Wh- why do we? Why does it got to be ninety percent run and ten percent sure. throw the ball, and you well, only throw the ball? I know why. Because 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 <laughs> Gary Eckergren, that's what he does, and he's a great coach, and he wanted to run a certain way, and I understand. You know, I get that. But also, and by the way, this is not like I was some wide receiver just out there like sure. begging for the ball. This isn't the issue. But sure. I I do think that um, you know, the belief that. The skill, you know, that you can do it with strength and blocking and the skill positions isn't really where, you know, we're going to have a lot of depth or talent in the state of Montana. And also, obviously, and this is real, the weather, right? I mean, you got to be you're going to really throw the ball over the yard for a state championship in the middle of November, somewhere where it's blowing sideways snow and, and, and freezing cold. You feel better if you can run the football. Obviously, you can feel better if you do both. But forever and ever in this state it has seemed like just 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 refusing just ardently standing on this we're just gonna run the football run it up the gut yep. be tough do that thing and now especially with an overchange and a lot of younger coaches coming in and just the game in general it's gotten really opened up maybe it's swung too far to the other side in some instances but i'm happy about this yeah but it, it, that is such it's it's not even the primary factor and it's it's uh not that big of a factor compared to some of the other factors. I think a lot of the other factors, and I don't want to sound like this guy, but I think a lot of the other factors are societal. I really do. I really think that it's easier for kids to not play football. There's just a lot of different things to do. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think kids broadening their horizons and being involved in other activities and maybe not being a part of, you know, the football team if it's not something for them. You know, they're not they're not pressured into doing it as much anymore. It used to be like if you were a guy at CMR High School in Great Falls, like you're playing football. That's what it is. It's part of the culture. And even if you're miserable, you had to do it. I think a lot of those kids are not playing anymore. So that's a good thing probably. But I also think then the worst teams, the teams that are at the bottom of the standings, they have significantly less depth. We've also seen the infiltration of expansion basically. And no matter what level of sports you're at, when another team comes to the fold, it dilutes the talent pool because you just have more teams, less guys, and all of a sudden now we have 16 teams compared to when even just 10 or 15 years ago it was only 10. And I also think that it's just it's easier to give up this day and age too. And I think that also a lot of times premier guys, if they know that they're premier, it's a lot easier to know where you stand in the landscape of football if you're getting recruited or you know you have a chance to be a really good varsity player even if it's not a college thing but you know you have a chance to be a really good varsity player it's a lot easier to move schools now too so you don't have i I remember even the last place teams 15 20 years ago in double a they had a couple studs and maybe even as many as five studs but the good teams had 20 studs and that was the difference but you know I, i guess the last part is and this is my question for you is We've seen the expansion of the playoffs, and last year was the first year every team made it. This year, they pared it down a little bit. The two bottom teams from both the East and the West did not make it, but then you had this first round. But to me, I mean, Capital and Butte, during what the old playoff format was, the playoff format went from four teams to eight teams in 2002. I think the eight teams is about the right number. In that format, Capital and Butte would have made the playoffs. They probably would have played each other. Okay, 14-7 game, great. They're into the the 
Second round. They're into the, the final four. Capitals into the final four. Good for them. But then the other teams, Big Sky, CMR, and Skyview wouldn't have made the playoffs. And so I guess my question for you is, Missoula Big Sky, on senior night, they have a great victory over Kalispell Flathead. 60 points, a school record. They beat Flathead 60-41. to 41. And on one hand, a little feather in the cap because now they get to go to the playoffs. On the other hand, they got to go play a Glacier team that's coming off of a 44-0 loss to Sentinel who has something to prove, and they get rolled up on. I guess, what's the validity of the expanded playoffs? Because if you're just going to have 61-14 to 14 and 63 to nothing, it's my thought that, okay, cool, you made the playoffs, but it might have been a better crescendo to your career for a guy like Coulter Janicaro if he just sets a school record for rushing touchdowns and rushing yards in the game and just gets to say, hey, I won on senior night. That's it. Uh, so in any given year, I think there's there's anomalies. So I, I, I'm not into saying, well, if this would have happened in this season, then this team wouldn't have made it or this team would have made it. And so that's why we should change the format for all time because, you know, you, who, who knows how it shakes out in any given year. I cannot for the life of me understand why we got to have every team playing in a playoff. It, so, it, it, uh, it makes no sense to me. At all, it it completely. I mean, the the, the Big Sky Conference basketball. It, sure, it ruins the regular season. Ruins it. It does. And and by the time you get to that point, like, what is your level of engagement? We asked Travis Secure this one time. I said, Travis, what would you do if you were the nine seed? He said, I wouldn't even show up. I said, my I go recruiting. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> if I'm have to play, you know, the ten seven game at the middle of the afternoon, you know, in front of nobody. Regardless, I, I just I guess I get the whole thing of trying to give kids a quote unquote postseason experience, but is it really worth it no. when you're talking about traveling on dangerous roads, hard road trips? I mean, I guess they get one more road trip with their buddies to BS on the way back home or something. But to me, I would much rather just have my season end on a crescendo or just have it end period than go on the road and lose sixty three well, or nothing. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't know. I don't know what the point of it is. I mean, I I don't even think it's just about the postseason experience. Uh, if it, it 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 takes away from what the goal is of a regular season of having a regular season right. uh, 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 thing that you're trying to attain, which is sure. to get to the postseason in general. And if you don't make it, like it's it's okay. Look, there's going to be bad teams every year. There's going to be schools that are down. There's going to be what it, you know. It's what it is. Okay, like that's the point. So now your first goal is to make the postseason. So go to work and do what you need to do as a program to try and get yourself into that spot and into that mix. Why we got to have everybody there and extend this thing out? And in Class B, you got like divisional, then it's followed by, you know, conference, and then it's followed by state or something like, you know, and basketball and stuff like that. I, I I I don't understand it. In tournament style sports where you can have a neutral site tournament, and then you could have a little bit of action where you know maybe a team was really young or really injured, and then all of a sudden they get some te- uh, some players back, and then all of a sudden they go a little run within the scope of a tournament. That's sort of fun, you know. Say the team that finished last in the mm-hmm. Western 14C or whatever, they go on a little run in the volleyball tournament to, make to the championship match. That's fun. I think that's fun for the kids. It's part of the tournament allure. Bring your best to the tournament. It's a single site. All that in football just doesn't make sense because you can't have a tournament format. And so I just. I, I just don't know what the point is. It, it just seems like it's not the greatest decision now, for everybody. I, I would say this. I realize that this is COVID-related, okay? Yeah. But with 16 teams... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, plant my flag and die on the hilltop to get this to eight from twelve. I would be okay with having twelve. You give an advantage to the four best teams in the state who all have a bye and are automatically into the quarterfinal round, and you get an opening round and you see kind of how it shakes out. You get some good, you know, a couple good games in here, and in any given year, you might have a number of good games in that opening round, uh, and so, you know. I think probably eight is the right number, but now with 16 teams at the Class AA level, I'm fine having 12 teams in the postseason. I think that that would be okay. The idea that all 16 got to be there, everybody's got uh, – nah. It, 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 it does nothing for me. As a student, I don't think it's beneficial. I don't think you, all of a sudden it's a better situation that you got to go in there as a flathead team and play Sentinel in the first round of your playoffs. Thanks, but no, we're good here. You know, so I, and and it gives the top teams actually a chance of getting derailed because you just never know what could happen. And so, if say you're number one Sentinel who's 
blown the doors off your opponents, 344-33 to during the regular season. And then you have to go play a defeated team who you're just trying to get past, and then something happens to one of your best players. Like, that would be the nightmare scenario, is to lose a top guy in a For playoff sure. game that shouldn't necessarily be happening. But this gets us into then what should be a fun portion of the playoffs, and I think this is where we should have just started the playoffs, is right here with these eight teams. Billings West will host Helena Capital. Bozeman will host Helena High. Excuse me, Helena High will host Bozeman. The bracket's a little upside down in this middle part. But Bozeman will travel to Helena High. I think that'll be the best game of uh, this quarterfinals yeah, of the playoffs. It looks like a great matchup between those two. Missoula Central will host Great Falls High. And like you mentioned, guess 28 nothing winner for Great Falls over Skyview. And then... Council Glacier will travel to Billings Senior in terms of when these games will be. And I think that could be a really good game. That could too. be a really good game too. It's a heck of a drive, though. It, it is for sure. So the the Calspell Glacier Billing Senior game, because it is a heck of a drive, that game is going to be played at 1 p.m. Dallas Stadium on Saturday in Billings. So that's good. That also opens up then because Billings West also hosts. They're obviously going to get the Friday night game as the number two seed in the mm-hmm. bracket, the number one seed out of the East. So you have to imagine that even though. The, the first three games, they are all to be determined as of right now in terms of uh, when they take place, what day, what time they take place. But can almost guarantee you Billings West is going to get that night slot Friday night, and then we'll see what the Missoula Sentinel and, and Bozeman. Well, what I'm, what I'm looking at right now has all, those, all three of those other games on Friday at 7 p.m. Okay, that's good. So uh, that's on the MHSA site. So Billings, Helena, and Missoula all hosting games. Uh, on Friday evening, and then Billings, like you said, will have that one one o'clock kickoff on Saturday on account of the long travel for the Glaciers Billings Senior game uh, that takes place. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great round. I think obviously Sentinel, Sentinel's gonna be favored in any game they play, uh, and Billings West as you know the the two undefeated teams in Class Double uh, A. Those are two teams that are going to be heavily favored against the five seed out of the West, which is what Helena Capital is going to up against Billings, and then Great Falls, the four seed uh, out of the East going up against Missoula Sentinel. But that Bozeman-Helena high game, I think has a chance to be great, and I think the Kalispell Glacier Billing Senior Team could be uh, game could be really, really good, really compelling as well. So I'm excited about this. And finally, what do we have? Overlap east to west. Like, this yep. is kind of what we've been waiting for. Didn't have it at the beginning of the year. Obviously, we just went right into you know conference play, spreading it out east and west. So now you start to see, okay, which which side of the divide really is stronger, or is there? You know, it, it is one stronger than the other, or do they kind of meet in the middle somewhere? We'll find out. But I want to put that, that dynamic into perspective in the next segment. So let's get through some of these other scores, and then we'll get out because i got a couple questions for you. Well, let's get out because we can get to those questions and come back and go up to the A stuff as well and do the soccer soccer things uh, as well after this. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Continuing high school playoffs, particularly football, but also two state championships in Class A soccer as well. All that coming up right after this. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. You tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, good to be with you on a Monday afternoon. Uh, at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, all of those, your relevant Twitter handles. You know, follow us on the social medias. Uh, Coulter, let's start with your questions because they were double A questions. Is that right? One or two? No. Uh, Okay, it's, so it's, more just about just tr- it's just about the trends of high school. Okay, sports. okay. Well, then so, let's go into the Class A playoffs. And Class A did it, well, I guess you could say the right way, the way we'd like to see it at the double-A level, where they just started with the final eight teams and went for it. Hamilton, who's been the top team all season long, did get the win over Sydney 24-6. to A good football game. Give Sydney, I mean, man, 
Again, that drive was 660 miles or something like that to get from Sydney down to the Bitter to play Hamilton on Saturday afternoon. 24-6 the final there. Frenchtown, the uh, the team that was maybe uh, uh, I don't I don't want to call them the upstart, but maybe the team that that didn't have as many expectations coming into this season that really showed some people something. They go ahead and go on the road to Laurel. They do lose though. Laurel, who obviously a great football team, Laurel defending state uh, uh, championship uh, attendee. They win 35-13. The locomotives do over Frenchtown, so the, the Bronx season comes to an end there. Billing Central also winning 35-8 over Columbia Falls. And then Miles City, Dillon, the game of the first round for sure. Great matchup. Unbel- we, we talked about this before. I mean, this is a state championship matchup, you know, a lot of times. We get it in the first round here. Miles City squeaks past Dillon 26-21. So, uh, Dillon, the, the the cards did not fall in their favor from a matchup standpoint, and somebody's going to lose this game, and you say the exact same thing if Dillon had found a way to pull this out, but tough to be one and done in the postseason for Dillon. That's not something they're certainly accustomed to. Uh, but nonetheless, that's where we're at. So, Hamilton, Laurel, Billing Central and Miles City, as he's mentioned in the news read, three Eastern teams and then Hamilton, the lone Western team, into the state semifinal at the Class A level. And this is the discussion that I wanted to have. So we'll give you the Class A soccer scores, too, because I think that this actually fits into the discussion as well. Yeah. Whitefish boys, they cruised past Columbia Falls 3 nothing. So it was uh, an afternoon of threes for Whitefish. They got their third straight state title. They did it with a 3 nothing win, and uh, they – now are undefeated under through 44 matches in a row, 42-0 and 2 over the last three years. They had a tie to Laurel in 2018, a tie to Columbia Falls this year. That's it. Other than that, running the table, mm. routing people, first three-peat in the history of Class A boys soccer. And then Laurel girls, they continued their reign as well. They won their third state A title in the last seven years, and they made it to seven straight state championship games. And this was uh, then again a back-to-back title for Laurel. That's only the second girls program to ever win back-to-back Class A titles for down, Laurel. Down 2-1 in the 70th minute and beyond. And then rally for two late goals to uh, to get the win. So congratulations to Laurel there on uh, on a state championship uh, once again. Again, like you said, back to back for for the Laurel girls. All right. So what's your so, question? So I have I have I have kind of a, a two part question. Okay. That I think can help us form a discussion. So I think that when we were analyzing this stuff throughout the year, Class A. All the Class A games that I've seen in person or via highlights have been from the West. We live in the West. The news stations that we follow are in the West. The great people at SWX Montana, they air games, and a lot of the ones that we've seen have been out West. I've been proclaiming that I thought that Frenchtown and Dillon and Hamilton were three of the best teams in the state. They are. They are. When you only make an eight-team playoff field, then you're one of the best teams in the state, even if you go, oh, one and done. Yeah. And, you know, if you're Dillon... Hard to hang your hat when you're talking about you're playing the defending state champions. That's right. And, uh, you know, Miles City has always been so tough. But that said, the East dominating has been a recent trend, and it's been the number one Achilles heel for the Hamilton Bronx. We've seen the Hamilton Bronx light people up the last five years. This will be their fourth trip to the semifinals in the last five years, and they've played in two state championships over the last four, gunning for their third state championship appearance in five years. But they've ran into buzz saws every time, mm-hmm. and they've always been beasts from the East. And I think there's their definitive differences in style in Class A between the West and the East more than any other division in Montana high school football. Then you look at the state soccer scores, and in Class AA, on the boys' side, it's two teams and that's it. It's Hellgate, Bozeman for a decade. Yeah. That's all it's been. That's the only teams that have won state championships. They've played each other in the state championship match, I think six out of the last ten times. Mm-hmm. And Hellgate's won six titles. Bozeman's won four. That's it. That's all. They're the only teams that have been dominant at the Class AA level on the boys' side. Then you look at the Class A. you got Whitefish with their little dynasty that's going on right now. Columbia Falls has had a lot of success as well. Then you talk about Laurel. Laurel, seven straight state championships. Well, state championship match appearances. Well, I think we've talked a little bit throughout the last couple of weeks about the influences of having uh, proximity competition. So where, if you're a Class A school, are you in a town that's pretty close to a city, a quote-unquote city? So it makes sense with Whitefish and Columbia Falls because those kids are probably playing in the Flathead Valley metro area for the duration of their youth. You know, they're playing on travel teams that are playing against various teams from Kalispell and Polson and, and there's a lot of teams in that area. I think also, especially in certain sports, 
being in affluent parts of the world definitely cater to success because a lot of times, especially a sport like soccer, getting on a travel team early is going to help accelerate your development. It, your parents got to have a little bit of coin to be able to make that a reality more often than not. So I do think that, you know, when you're talking about a town like Whitefish, most people in Whitefish have a little bit of money. So I think that that does cater to accelerated development in a sport like soccer. But I just think it's fascinating to look at the dichotomy and, and then you put the the socioeconomic and cultural dynamics of the towns of where football teams come from and how that influences the competition on the field. So when you're going through Class A, it, recently it's been Hamilton representing the West and then the East has been the dominant forces. Laurel, Haver, Miles City, they were all in the Final Four last year. This year you know, it's going to be Laurel again. Billings Central is back and Miles City again. So you have the East by and large, dominating. But then when you go through the dichotomy, like if you're looking at the trends of this, over the last 20 years, since in the 21st century, it's actually been about 50-50 east and west in Class A. The difference is, though, it's been Dillon, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. That's right. One from Whitefish, one from Frenchtown. Mm-hmm. But then you see this smattering of out east. You have Miles City in 2010 and last year. You had... Uh, Laurel get in there uh, last decade. You had Billing Central win a variety of championships. We've seen Sydney be strong, Glendive be strong. And then I think it's just so interesting to watch because when you watch the styles that the teams play, Frenchtown was like the only team. Dylan's always going to kind of do what they do. Dylan has been so good at develop. Dylan, as a community, they have ability to identify a kid who could be a really good leader as a quarterback, not necessarily a great prototype quarterback, just a leader as a quarterback when he's at a young age. And then that guy kind of moves up through the ranks. And then when you hand him the reins, he's ready. And even if he's not like a Division One caliber thrower, he's going to be able to lead your team. That makes Dylan different than everybody else. So you look at Frenchtown, they look a little bit more like the teams from the East where they play defense, they run the ball a little bit. But they did throw the ball this year more than any time in the history of Frenchtown High School. If you look at all the rest of the teams out West, they're by and large. I know Hamilton's run the ball a little bit more this year, but it's still a spread quarterback-based system. Columbia Falls runs a spread. Whitefish runs a spread. Polson runs a spread. Out East, it still looks a lot more old school, like you were talking, a little bit more antiquated. It's about the physicality of it. But I think it's so fascinating when you start analyzing the dynamics of the towns. Like, of course, Sydney, Montana football team is playing an old school rough and tumble style. Of course, Custer City, or Custer County Cowboys are going to want to play, you know, hit you in the mouth, toughness based football. And then you look at Billing Central, you don't even want to say it's antiquated because Coach Stanton's just been there for so long. Why would you change it? It's not broke. Don't fix it. You're running a variation of the option because that's what Jim Stanton has done at Building Central forever and ever and ever. But I just think it's an interesting dynamic. And then you look at Class AA, though, and this is where my question comes in, is that (laughs) the East has dominated the West with the exception of Helena Capital over the last 25 years, like even the last 30 years. Helena Capital has represented the West eight times since 1993, but the only other titles out of the West were Butte when Butte used to be in the West. They're not even in the West anymore and Glacier in 2014. Other than that, it's been all the teams from the East, Bozeman, Billings West, Billings Senior, dominant runs. So I guess my question is, why do you think that is? If you are, It's easy to sort of analyze at the Class A level, at the Class AA level, though. Why? Because to me, there's a definitive answer. Well, there's, two, there's three reasons why teams are good. And uh, one, in fact, two of those reasons are long-term. And then one of them is relatively short term. The number one reason why teams are good over the long haul and win and win consistently and win over and over again and are always there at the end is because of whoever their coach is. If you get a coach that's a great coach and is staying at one place over and over and over again, uh, those teams are going to rise up. And there's so so that's that's the first thing. The second thing is which you have been alluding to, the culture of the place. Um, Missoula Hellgate, Missoula in general, has a great soccer culture. Yep. The the Flathead has a really good soccer culture. Mm-hmm. Bozeman has a really good soccer culture as a city. Yep. It's a community-oriented thing that has the club level, the high school level, the middle school level, and, and, and the community level all involved 
and it doesn't exist in that way in a lot of the rural communities of the state of Montana. Whereas then you do have like crazy prolific club wrestling programs exactly. in places like Sydney. Right, like right. We had Gress Jones, the the little Sullivan Award winner on. He's talking about, yeah, I did, do? I, I did the club wrestling. I've been coaching it since That's I was right. in high school, and they just pass it on. I mean, even the guy he went to wrestle for at Minnesota right. was his old AAU coach years ago in Sydney. So... So the coach, it's not just about the coach. Let's take, for instance, Matt Johnson at Missoula Big Sky. Yep. Okay. He is, I believe, the longest tenured coach double A level. Is well, it he at, or Grady at, Bennett? At, at his same school, yeah. At his same school, Because okay. Grady Bennett has been, I guess it's actually about the same in terms of where they at their same school, but Grady Bennett's been a double A coach forever because he was at Flathead before Glacier. But still, those are the only two guys with double digit tenures. When even just five to six years ago, you had guys like Ron Lebsock working on 35-plus yeah. years, Paul Claybo 35-plus years, Jack Johnson 45-plus years. But my point is is that Matt Johnson is has been there, is doing it, knows what he's doing, knows how to get the most out of his team very often, but also is hamstrung by things like sheer numbers, sure. the, the reality of being, you know, the – the third in terms of turnout of three in in the city of Missoula and a couple others around yep. administrative stuff as well and and just total numbers at the school and and if you look at not just student population but capable physical athlete student population in Missoula Big Sky it's like half of what it is at other schools so there so it's not just it's not just oh if you have a great coach you're going to be you know it's just that's it that's all you need to know but that's certainly the th- the first thing but also then to have the culture of it and I think that the culture of football is more prominent in places like Billings and Helena than it is in places like Missoula and even Kalispell to some extent where you get a lot more of the variety of other sports that are there rather than the, the, the focus on sort of football, basketball, and, you know, maybe track in the spring or something like that. And that was going to be my next question. I actually think it's crazy that we've been doing this show for more than three years and we've never gotten to this point because this is something I've thought about and talked about extensively through my life. High school sports are huge in the state of Montana. Mm-hmm. People love high school sports. Mm-hmm. They love, especially on the non-AA levels, because it's the same allegiance that you have for like the Montana Grizzlies and the Montana State Bobcats, them being the biggest shows in town. I went to that school. It's us. It's we. We were a part of this. This is a part of me. You have that at high school sports too because chances are in so many of the rural communities in Montana, if you live there, you're from there. So many people are that are playing for Dillon High School. I guarantee you there was second, third, fourth generation guys that are Dillon Beavers. For sure. And that, that's a huge allegiance that goes into it. It, it gets less and less the further away you get, or the, the, the more populous the towns, but there's still a great deal many people in Billings that, you know, there's probably a lot of kids on Billings West that are second and third generation mm-hmm. Billings senior. It's not as much in Missoula. It's not as much in Bozeman. And it's probably not as much in Kalispell. That's an interesting factor. But my question, though, is this. To me, it's been very perplexing to me that the city of Missoula has produced among the best athletes in the state since my family moved here nearly 30 years ago. But the two perplexing parts have been, one, by and large, they have all been not in football. Mm -hmm. Two, why has Missoula high school struggled so much? Because to me, the number one reason why the East dominates the West when it comes to the AA level is Missoula has not produced a state championship since 1994. That, that's a tremendous drought. Well, and you think every once in a while, I know that there are certain things like tradition and coaches and things like that, but every once in a while you just got a group of kids. Like Billing Senior wasn't anything until all of a sudden they get this group of kids, Nathan Dick, Gabe Solser, Nolan Askelson, and they just go off and rip off three state title, three state title appearances in three years in a row. And w- there's never been that phenomenon in Missoula. We haven't even had a team play in the state title game in in the 21st century. So, when did Dylan win their last several state championships? Uh, let's let me get my notes up here because the, Dylan's Dylan's run was short term. So Dylan Dylan this last decade 2011, 2013, 2014, 2016. What what do those have in common? Troy Anderson. You get Troy <laughs> Anderson show up on your football team, you're going to win state, man. Like that's 
you, you know, you, and, and Dylan's got great history. And they, he's not the only guy. They got a lot of D1 guys that came off of those teams and went right. and played college football. Right. But if you get that dude, there's nothing else to know. Right. You know, and so so I guess but my question is, though, why doesn't that dude exist in Missoula? Because yeah. right now, Dylan Rollins is about to go to the FBS mm-hmm. out of Missoula Settle, big mm-hmm. offensive lineman who's a senior, who, by the way, I think it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, wow. Dylan. I saw his dad. Dad tweeted. It's also the chicken up no sports birthday hey. today. Shout out, Carolyn. Great, greatness born on November 2nd. You got it. Um, but if and when Dylan Rollins goes FBS, mm-hmm. he will be the, the, unquestionably the biggest football prospect to come out of the city of Missoula. Mm-hmm. In, in my knowledge, in the century. And what's Sentinel about to do? It's true, but you have to, you can't tell me though, I think Dylan Rollins is a good player. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. But there's no way, there's just been no FBS guys in Missoula, Montana for 25 years. You're absolutely right. He, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to argue that it's not anomalous because it is, and it's a very good question to ask. Also, I would say, until recently, what has been very true, Missoula has been trisected with its yeah. talent and sure. students where a bunch of other towns in, in this state have been either bisected or not at all. Yeah. And I mean, it, Kalispell Glacier was the most recent, you know, high school, double a high school. I don't know, 12 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Okay. But you go back before that Kalispell one Bozeman one Billings two. Uh, and then I guess they had well, three. West, or Billings has had three since the mid eighties. But but they also have have had up until now close to double the population, right? You know of Missoula. So Missoula was hands down the most, if I may say, diluted. So so this is actually really fascinating when it comes to the the football only perspective. I think that there's several factors that go into this. One, I think that. Over the last 25 years, I think the Grizz football team has been so dominant and so popular that it's taken away a lot of interest from high school sports. You could say, well, what what about Montana State and Bozeman? They got one high school. Mm. It's so much easier Mm -hmm. to invest in one high school. Mm -hmm. Years and years ago, Bozeman High, which has had among the highest enrollments in Class AA and absolutely the highest enrollment over the last 10 years, which is why they had to build another high school in Bozeman. But they had not won a state football championship since 1917 when they won it in 2010. Well, they've won five since then. Mm-hmm. What changed? Troy Purcell came into Bozeman after leading Havard to the 2004 state championship with Mark Mariani and Gary Wagner and those guys, and he said, this youth football program is busted. We can't be doing this. We have to have a feeder everybody's got to run the same offense. I don't care if you guys know what each other's running. If you want your kids to be successful, we got to have a blueprint. These kids are 7th and 8th grade. they got to be running the offense and defense that the Bozeman Hawks are going to run. you got to teach these kids early. Whereas in Missoula, you got until recently, which I think it, it, youth football in Missoula has improved quite a bit lately. And I'm not trying to bag on Little Grizz. I had fun playing Little Grizz. But when you got a bunch of dads that are having superstar kid-type drafts, you're stacking teams, you're running – nowhere close to realistic offense or defensive schemes. When I was playing linebacker Little Grizz, I thought the linebackers just blitzed on every play because that's what we did. <laughs> you run the cowboy, and yeah. you just chase down the ball. You don't ever learn a fundamental of how to read a tackle or a guard yeah. or fill a gap or anything like that. I know that sounds kind of advanced for a 13- and 14-year-old. It's what it takes, though, well, to get it, to that next it, level. It's not. I mean, 13, 14 years old, like, you can – you can understand when you're 11 years old. It Absolutely. doesn't mean you can do it, but, but this is how football works. No question. Yeah. No question. I think that's robbed from the development of of kids because I think that that's where Bozeman turned the corner. Everybody always said, oh, it's only the population. Mm-hmm. Well, they had the population forever. They never won anything in football. They got a youth program. Mm-hmm. Now they start winning. And, and I do think, though, that the Grizz thing takes away from high school football because there's hardly anybody that's rallying, even in towns that are in, quote, unquote, the metropolitan areas of Montana, mm-hmm. you still have fierce Capitol High fans, Helena High mm-hmm. fans, Butte High fans. That exists everywhere in the state but in Missoula, and you just wonder how much it's robbed from the development of players. Because I just think that so many guys in Missoula, they get spread so thin. There's just so many dudes who could have been, I think, that came out of here that either weren't playing for the right program, weren't playing the right sport, prioritizing another sport. And I think that there's a lot of factors that go into it. Like Raleigh Wooster, for example. Raleigh Wooster would have been an FBS guy maybe in football, but he absolutely was a Division One guy in football. But he, he instead he goes FBS or he goes to the to the Mountain West for basketball. 
let me ask you about this. You tell me one is one of two ninety ESPN radio, the frontier conference of football. If you're in Butte, you got Montana tech there, beautiful stadium, great facility. Yep. You also got Naranchi stadium. The, yep. Probably the, 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 uh, the most hallowed of venues. Yep. Right. You, and and all across however you got it you got all these different Dylan places across the state right yep. Dillon Montana yep. Western yep. and to me Helena right obviously Carol mm-hmm. it's it's a coin flip and maybe even in in some instances not a coin flip at all of which football team has garners the larger larger audience the larger following oh there's no question the high school team for in Haver Dillon and Butte the high school team has a much bigger following. Why is that? I mean, may, on one hand, it's because your kids play at this place, yeah, and, and so fr- it's the family, it's the school. I get that, and but you're like, fr- and you're from there. A lot of a lot of most guys at Montana Tech are not from Butte, whereas most guys at Butte High School, their great grandpas from Butte, right? But also, I mean, a lot of guys that are at Montana Tech playing football maybe not be from Butte, although several many are, but certainly are from the state of Montana and from around. And also, there's not really a conflict. You get your Friday night, you get your Saturday afternoon. I just think it's interesting. Part of because Montana people love to drive, though. The <laughs> Right? It's true. So if you're from Butte, you're going to go to Naranchi Stadium on Friday night, you're going to drive to Missoula or yeah. Bozeman yeah. on Saturday. And that's a really good point. Like, you and know, that's how you get 25,000 fans in because, both stadiums because on you're a going, Saturday, yeah. even though there's yeah. nobody that lives here. Maybe you're right. It's Tutel Nuanas, 10290 ESPN Radio. All right, very good. Uh, we will obviously continue to uh, keep you apprised and updated on all the things going on uh, through the rest of the uh, state in terms of uh, high school football playoffs as we go. Next, though, who was great this weekend individually? Coulter, Treasure State Stars, right after this. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Coming out of a very busy prep sports weekend. Who were the best performers in it? Gold will tell you. Well, right now, it's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. You can check us out on YouTube. You want to listen to the go to watch the YouTube channel. It's available for you both live and uh, then after the fact. You know. Uh, you know, see what's going on in here if you're not watching us on SWX TV as well. Coulter. Uh, every uh, Monday this time gives us our tr- his Treasure State stars coming out of the uh, prep football weekend. Obviously, the postseason here and now, Coulter. So, what do you got for us? Treasure State star number one. I'm going with six of them this week. Because oh, boy. Was, uh, I had to pick one from each of the Class A games and then a couple others from uh, the other ranks. But number one, going with the Hamilton High School defense across the board. They were lights out against Sydney. Sydney is a really tough team, as Bryce Carver, Hamilton head coach, told us. They got that wrestling background, so they're going to always be good in the trenches. But Hamilton bowed up big time. They did not not allow a first down in the entire first half. Only wow. 39 total yards for Sydney in the first Six half. Six points total. And Hamilton cruises to a 24-6 win, so the yep. Bronx into the Class A Final Four. Treasure State star number two. His second appearance on Treasure State stars, Marcus Whitman. He's the quarterback at Billing Central, and he's been great this year. He's a two-way player, but he threw two touchdowns and ran for a third to lead Billing Central into a, a 35-8 win over Columbia Falls. 
And Billy Central, they had their first down here in a little while last year, and they've been talking in the press. They've been talking to all the news stations and all the sports writers like, hey, it's a redemption tour. We got something to prove. They already smacked Laurel, their rival, which was a statement win to be sure, and now they're into the Final Four as well. So uh, good win by Billing Central over Columbia Falls. Treasure State star number three. This kid is a proven winner at this point. Carson Hunter, he's, the, he's a multi-year starter at Miles City at quarterback. And Miles City, they were on the ropes in Dillon. They were down by a score. And then he threw two fourth-quarter touchdowns, including one with less than five minutes to go to Damian Leidholt. And that helped lift Miles City to a 26-21 win over Dillon. So the uh, Cowboys... Game of the weekend right there. They had their 16-game winning streak snapped Mm -hmm. earlier this year, Mm -hmm. but they got back on track. They've won three in a row now. They're into the Final Four again, and the reigning state champs in Class A remain alive. Treasure State, star number four. Jake Rendina is his third appearance on Treasure State Stars. It's hard to not put him on there. Hard to keep him off. He's a scoring machine at Glacier. He had four touchdowns, but the Glacier offense as a whole, they were churning. When JT Allen throws the ball like he did, and he threw a couple touchdowns of more than 40 yards as well, Glacier's going to be a tough matchup because Glacier had 602 yards of total offense against Big Sky. 63 zip the Wolfpack blank the Big Sky Eagles. They're into the final or into the final eight, I suppose, the quarterfinals of the Class AA playoffs. Treasure State star number five. This is actually his first appearance on this so far this year, and uh, it's a bummer that he got hurt early in the year uh, because he's definitely one of the best players in the state. But Kenneth Iden from Bozeman High School. He had a couple sacks, which he's a sack machine. I, I would love to see the Montana all-class record for sacks. Probably not one that's been kept very adequately, but I can't imagine. I mean, he's got to have 10-plus this year, and he had 36 coming into this year. I can't imagine anybody's ever been flirting with four dozen sacks in their high school football careers. It's been a tremendous uh, career for Kenneth Adam, but the reason he gets on the Trader State Stars is not because of his defensive effort. It's because of his offensive Uh-oh. effort. He caught two touchdowns, including the highlight of the weekend, <laughs> the poor safety from CMR. I mean, give the kid all the credit in the world for the courage that he showed. He got, he flies in there. He looks like he's about to stick Iden, and Iden just thud. Kid falls off. Iden rumbles into the end zone, and uh, I think that Iden's going to be a special player depending on which position he lands at at Montana State. But uh, good for him getting back on track in Bozeman High. 61-14 victory over Great Falls CMR to move into the quarterfinals of the Class AA playoffs. Special bonus extra, Treasure State star number six. Had to throw him on here because they had such uh, an impressive win. But Eli Abbey, future Montana State Bobcat, he's a quarterback at Laurel High School, and uh, he threw four touchdowns, including three to Jack Waddell. And this was the most surprising result of the weekend to me. I thought Hamilton was a big favorite over Sydney. They got it done. I thought Billing Central was a big favorite over Columbia Falls. They got it done. You're right, Miles City. Dillon was the best matchup of the weekend in the Class A playoffs. But I'm not surprised Custer County High got passed just because they have you know, they have a bunch of guys back from that state championship team. No matter who wins that game, it's not a surprise. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. But the surprise result was not that Laurel beat Frenchtown, but that Laurel beat Frenchtown so handily, 35-13, and it was because of Eli Abbey. He's done a really good job. I'm intrigued by him as a college prospect as he heads to Montana State because so often we've seen guys that play high school quarterback at the small school level, Class B, Class A kids, that are multi-year starters, and they they get such a gigantic offensive acumen. So the, then when they go play defense, which I think he's probably going to play safety or outside linebacker at Montana State, they're so far ahead mentally because they they know how to read offenses because they ran offenses. Mm. And I think that's where Eli Abbey's at. If he, I think if he can improve his speed a little bit, he could be a real a real deal contributor at the safety spot at Montana State because he's a good athlete. He's really smart. He's a winner. I mean, Laurel, state runner-up a year ago, and now they're into the Final Four again with their big win over Frenchtown. So congratulations to all this week's Treasure State stars. Thank you, Coulter. Hour one of the books, hour two, straight ahead. We jump into the NFL next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 